You're listening to Garibaldi Red, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Live. Hello, welcome to Garibaldi Red as we look ahead to the first game in what could be a defining week for Nottingham Forest. They host Wolves on Saturday before taking on Leeds and Aston Villa in games could effectively decide their Premier League future. Join me to discuss all that and some late breaking injury news, which is largely not good. Uh, first of all is Michael Temple. Temps, morning, are you well? Morning, Matt. Yeah, I'm good. Thank you, mate. Good, good. And joining us as well is Greg Mitchell. Greg, how are you doing? Yeah, great. Finally back from one of those weird weekends of no genuine football. So glad it glad it's here again. Yes. Well, there's a lot to get through, a lot to talk about. I'll start with the injury news. Um, Steve Cooper's just in his press conference not long before we uh, record this. So he has noted that uh, Chris Wood's out for the season and uh, Aurier, uh, Scarpa and Ayu and Brennan Johnson are all um, doubts or being assessed. I haven't seen the exact wording for the next game and the next few weeks. So we'll uh, discuss that and we'll discuss the team news and how we're seeing the game. Uh, Temps, just general reflection on that, that injury news. And I should say that Tyra Wanyi and Czech Koyate are back in full training as well. So it could play. So it, it is a, a mixed bag. How are you feeling about it? Yeah, a lot to digest there. I, I think uh, Wood would have had some minutes this week and there, there would have been times in these games where we'd, we'd need his style. The one that concerns me is obviously uh, Brennan Johnson. Um, pleased that Koyate and Taiwo are back. I think they're unlikely starters. Um, but they'll clearly be introduced on the bench because they're in my best 11 when they prove that that match fitness. Um, we'll, we'll get into the, the, the team selection, but we do have cover for the, the other boys that might miss. But yeah, the big one for me is uh, pray for Brennan. Yeah, I guess that's the same for you, Greg. I mean, realistically, Ayu, Wood, Scarpa might not have started. Aurier Wood and might do. He hasn't. Cooper hasn't definitely said he's out, but Brennan's the big one, isn't he? Yeah, Brennan will be fine. I mean, it's one of these Cooper things, isn't it? Probably half of them will be okay. You just never know with him and the way that they uh, suddenly recover. But the big ones for me is Czech and Taiwo. And I know we say, like, yeah, they're probably not going to start. One of them may well have to if some of these injuries are as bad as they seem. So, you know, two weeks of full training. You've got Nia Carte back now. He's had a really good international break. So, yeah, the injuries look bad. There's a, another new little list, but... Let's not forget about who's coming back because they can really make the difference. Uh, let's have a look at the table then. I think every Forest fan probably knows this off by heart now, including the goal difference and everything. But just to illustrate how tight it is, and if if people are listening, not watching this, obviously Forest are two points above the relegation zone with 11 to play. Wolves have got one more point than them and they've played uh, one game more. If you look at the, the form, I mean... There's no team in any sort of form there apart from uh, Everton to put together a three-game unbeaten run, uh, two draws, one of those being against us, obviously, and a win. Uh, Bournemouth and Leeds have won two out of the last five, but and then you've got Forest and Leicester in the most wretched form with um, two points and one point each in those last five games. So basically, you know, we all know there's all to play for. Lots of teams are, are certainly in the mire, which leads us into into this weekend. I mean. Greg, is it must win or is it must not lose with, with some tough games coming up? How are you feeling about it? It's a definite can win. I've got some Wolves mates and they're not happy about it. They're not looking forward to it. I think this is the biggest opportunity in a long while for us. 
Uh, we've had a bit of a wretched time before the international break, but we're back for this mini end of season, you know, little sprint now. And you've got to forget about what's happened before. Uh, go with fresh start, you know, got some fresh legs coming back. And it's a massive game. And it's a game that the fans are going to believe that we can win in as well. We keep going to these away games now where you start thinking, oh, you know, we've lost before we've even entered the turnstiles where at home there's still that belief and especially at home against a team that are, that are on the knees a bit as well. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I can't wait for it. It's the perfect one to come back for. Temps, I'm going to show uh, a rather miserable graphic before I come to you that puts uh, an emphasis on how important this game is. I saw this just before we started. It's by a, a data company called Grace Note, and I know Opta have done one as well, which had Forest on a 46% chance of getting relegated. So it's chance of relegation from the Premier League, and I think this would be based on data around fixture run-ins. Uh, Southampton and Bournemouth favourites go down, and then they have Forest as the third team to go down with a 46% chance of relegation, with Everton on 37 uh, Leeds 25, Wolves 20, and then it goes up from there. Um, I mean, it's based on the fixtures, isn't it? Forest have still got to play Man U, Chelsea and Arsenal. I know Everton have got a tough run in, as have Leeds and Wolves. Which puts extra emphasis on this game, I guess, Temp. So the same question to you as I put to Greg. Is it must-win, do you think? Well, how does that table look if we beat Wolves? It changes exactly. quite markedly, doesn't it? And that's that's why it's such an important game, because we're... We're going to trip up a rival when we do it. I'm, I'm not concerned about the league position at this point. I am concerned about the relative form because we'd eased ourselves away from that pack when we beat Leeds and Southampton. Um, it demonstrated what can happen when you, you put those back-to-back wins together. And the, the way we do that in this run of fixtures is, is, is to beat Wolves. It trips them up. It get, gets us into this um, critical week in the, in the right um, frame, of, frame of mind. And it puts less pressure on the team going into Tilles and Villa. So I, I think that is the critical match. Um, the, the key thing that I'm clinging on to there is 46% chance. So that the bookies still don't think we're odds on to go down. Or at least the statisticians still don't think we're odds on to go down. But you don't play football in a spreadsheet. And we just need to turn up on, on Saturday and, and do, the, do the business. So uh, I'm a concerned more than I was, for sure. Um, I think the Chris Wood news is is a blow i know he's had a bit of a hot and cold start but he does offer us something different that said we've we've got incredible choices to make now in in central midfield which is the area where we need to get a platform if we're going to get anything out of out of these games so ignore the stats ignore the bookies um overcome wolves first and foremost and then just see what that table looks like at that point heat pressure on a on another team and then crack on with the rest of the week because it, it is a it is a must not lose for me because of the amount of pressure that that will transfer to the players to Steve Cooper going into two tricky away games. So yeah, for for, for good reason. There's huge focus on Saturday afternoon. Have you looked at the away games yet, Greg, and thought about them, Leeds and Villa? I mean, our away form is so wretched. But do you think maybe this could be? Uh, a, 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 well, defining, I guess, is the word. Defining week. Like, if we can get, what shall we say, five points from it, maybe even four points would put us in the right direction, do you think? Yeah, and it's about damaging the other people around us, isn't it? The, the big ones are Leeds and then that potential horrendous stay down at Palace. You know, I, Palace only having a 10%, that's balmy for me because I don't think they're going to get the new manager bounce with him. I just don't think he's the guy he was. And, uh, 
I don't know. I just don't want it to go to Palace. I want Palace to be a nice day out. And <laughs> But, uh, yeah, just get points against the teams around us. Keep them below us. Like I say, it's the start of a new mini-season. We've already got a two-point head start and a couple of teams below us. Keep them there. We're fine. Uh, so, as we've done last few weeks on these, I spoke to a colleague who covers the opposition, in this case, Alex Stickin, who I work with, who um, he's covered Wolves for like five years. He moved on to another job last week, but uh, he is uh, well-versed in where they're at. So, I first I'm going to play a clip with uh, Alex with the same question I asked these guys about how he thinks Wolves will be uh, viewing this game in terms of must-win or not. So, here we go, and then we'll uh, catch on the inside. I've got another clip to play with Alex after that. I'd probably say must not lose, but given a couple of Wolves results against the, their relegation rivals in recent weeks. They lost to Bournemouth and Leeds both in home games. I think fans are probably looking at this one, you know, third time lucky they've got to beat a team in front of them, around them, to uh, to really pull away from the relegation zone because they've had chances, you know. I think uh, to counter those two defeats, those big defeats at home, they did also beat Liverpool and Tottenham at home, but I think most Wolves fans would probably give those two victories back for two wins against their relegation rivals, because that's why Wolves are, are still so close to some of these teams. You know, that Leeds were 19th going into the game before the international break. Uh, one win put them a point and a place behind Wolves. So um, it's, a, it's a massive game and it's been magnified from Wolves' perspective because they had a really bad, bad march. Uh, second clip, I'll just go straight into it with Alex, is about how Wolves are seeing the relegation battle. Obviously, I think Forest fans appreciate that we're right in the mire. Uh, like Greg, I've got some Wolves friends who probably until after that Leeds game didn't think they were and thought they'd be all right and probably still do, but they might think differently if they lose this one on Saturday. So I've put to Alex about how Wolves are viewing the, the relegation battle in general. Yeah, I think because I think a lot of them are frustrated they're still in this battle and they, they most of them do still think they're in a battle, to be fair, because you know they're only four points above bottom of the league. Um, but they've had they've had chances to get you know comfortably away from this position. They're still there. Nobody thought that would have been possible. To be fair, you know, given that Wolves started the after the World Cup break, bottom of the Premier League, you know, a little bit of drift. Um, but you know, such has been the impact of Jean Lopetegui that they've been able to to claw back the teams above them and, and pull away from some of them. But the two defeats that I mentioned before against Bournemouth and Leeds are huge. You know, if they'd have won one of those games, they'd be on thirty points by now and, and almost out of this situation. So. Um, I think the majority of Wolves fans are still clinging on to the quality of their squad. You know, they've got some top, top players there. Mateus Nunes, um, Ruben Neves. You know, the signs that came in January, particularly Craig Dawson and Mario Lamina, have been huge. Adama Traore is having an impact. They've got some really, really big players there. And, you know, it'd be a massive shock. Uh, probably one of the biggest shocks, I think, in Premier League history if, if a squad of the quality of Wolves went down. But, you know, I think... The, the problem is, and I think a lot of Wolves fans have seen this, is that there's going to be quite a big club with big players go down this year because of some of the, that you wouldn't expect because of some of the teams down there, you know, like Everton, Leicester, even Palace, you know, Palace were challenging for Europe at the start of the season and now they've, they've really slipped off and they're in big trouble and have changed managers. So that's that's the concern. Um, but, you know, on the face of it, Wolves squad should be should be too good to go down. I should have brushed my hair before doing that video. It looked terrible. I mean, I haven't brushed it today, what am I saying? But uh, I thought I'd probably crop Alex and um, just have him on the screen. But his video is behind, so you had to look at me as well. Um, it was interesting there, Temps, what, what Alex said around... I mean, he said it would be one of the biggest shocks in Premier League history if that Wolves squad went down. I don't know about that. I was thinking, who else would there be? And I was thinking, like, 
Middlesbrough with Janino and Ravinelli and Emerson when they had a good team. But I mean, uh, he makes a fair point in that Wolves have got very good players like Nunes, Neves, Matinho. Their midfield is is very strong, isn't it? They they are a good side. They've got some good players, but best team to relegate in Premiership history. Too good to go down. I mean, do do me a favour. I'm not sure about that. The table would look different. If there'd have been justice in the game that we played against them at, at Molyneux, which which still scars us a little bit, so I think he's he's right to point out that you know their recent form has been better, and they had a bit of a, a torrid time be, before the World Cup. But yeah, I don't I, I don't quite buy into that. I think that we are can be more than a match for for Wolves, um, and yeah, I think he's he's probably got a bit of a false confidence in the manner that we had when we found ourselves sat in 13th place in the table because despite that relative league position the difference between the the bottom eight is a is a is a piece of paper i'm i'm not i'm not convinced that uh, wolves are coming into this one quite as confident as as he makes out i know nunez is back but they've got a couple of injury concerns um of of their own and yeah i'm equally confident um, that we can be a, a match for Wolves as he is, that, that Wolves can be a match for us. I think his opinion of his side there is... I suppose we've already been a good match for Wolves this season, particularly at home, Greg. That cup game was a really memorable one, that Carabao Cup side. The away game, I don't think Forrest played particularly well and probably should have got something. So it feels like it's going to be a close one either way, do you think? Yeah, it's been. I wouldn't say it's been two good games, but it's certainly been two evenly matched games. That away one was a signal when we walked out. I mean, missing that penalty and w- neither team was good, but I thought we certainly matched them and some. Uh, so, yeah, that last line he said about too good to go down, I actually, I was waiting for him to say it. You could see him building up to it. And I like that. You know, I like that they think like that because there's always a team that's too good to go down. We should know that from back in the day. Um yeah, that's uh, that's given me a little bit more of a a kick to hope we get something. To be honest, and we certainly can do. One point uh, we'll come to our forest team in a minute. No one's too good to go down, obviously. But I'm going to put the table back up, and he is right. I mean, there's going to be a team whoever goes down. That 17th place team, if Southampton and Bournemouth probably do go, as you know, I think they probably will. Whoever finishes 17th, that's going to be a big club that goes down, isn't it, Temps? Well, you've seen the neutral view that's forming from your your previous graphic. Those that haven't um, seen Forest as much as we have probably do consider us the the most likely of that group to join uh, Bournemouth and, and Southampton. But um, all the all the statistics and all the opinion, having watched them, suggest that West Ham perhaps are the only team down there that can feasibly claim to be too good to go down when they've got Declan Rice playing central midfield. There's no way a, a team anchored uh, by him um, should be should be down there so um, if if I, if I was just being neutral for a second and taking my forest tinted specs off I, I probably would back West Ham to ease themselves out of trouble but that aside from from Palace down it's it's anybody's game and one positive result can can change a lot I just hope that positive that first positive result for us is Wolves we remain in the position we were in before Newcastle in that three wins from this point um, probably gets us to where we where we need to, to be. Um, so, yeah, in, in my view, if anyone's too good to go down, it's West Ham because of a couple of players that I really rate. I'd probably add Leicester to the list as well. I agree about West Ham. I think with if James Madison's fit, 
I think Leicester have probably got enough of Bang. They've also got uh, quite an, an easy run. I know they've got is it Palace, Villa, Bournemouth, um, Man City. I've been playing my FPL team and Everton to come up. So uh, Madison yeah. can't carry them though, Kenny. Madison cannot carry that team. We've seen we've seen their defensive frailty too many times to suggest that they're in any way out of danger. And they've changed goalie as well, which is always an admission that things aren't right. They put Daniel Everson in goal, so yeah, that's a fair point. But I'd still back them and West Ham stay up. I think Everton are the team that I'm looking at and Palace as well. A strange appointment, Roy Hodgson. It doesn't doesn't send a good message to the players at all. That, you know, you're bringing back the guy you booted because it was too boring and he wasn't taking you anywhere. So uh, let's see how it how it goes. Um, so the team, it's this is a hastily rearranged graphic. I've added Nico Williams to it um, based on the team use. Although, like I say, I don't think Ore was definitively ruled out but this is a, a possible team based around what temps dropped in our whatsapp group is this um, your predicted team or the team you want to see temps this is this is my predicted team and I, I was sat on the fence when we spoke about it wasn't i because I, I thought he might deploy wood to give us that presence um in the in the final third but um looking at all uh, personnel available looking at um the the relatively uh, conservative view that Cooper historically has about reintroducing players. Um, I'm making a case for Freuler um, coming back in, having sat one out because he had a real good international break. And I think his presence with Yates allows us to put Shelby into the position where we think he can thrive. I've, I've, had, I've seen a lot of discussion around this point. We've spoken a lot about it, but getting the best out of John Joe Shelby whilst relieving him from some of his defensive duties where he's, he's, he's um, been proven, in my eyes, from the games I've seen, to be a little bit frail, could be a, a positive step for us. We have to keep uh, Emmanuel Dennis um, in the side for me because Gibbs-White needs to occupy a central position in that false nine. I think he's wasted on the left. He has an incredible link-up with Brennan Johnson. And this midfield and front three, for me, is the, the, the perfect balance between um, defensive organisation and the ability to, to spring them on the break. And there is some you know, goal-scoring quality, some, uh, some finishing prowess in, in Brennan and Emmanuel Dennis. Um, there are a long list of players who could credibly make a, a case to come into this. I'm thinking of people like Czech Coyate. Uh, I'm thinking of Worrell, potentially. But I, I think Nia Carter and Felipe will, will get the backing um, from Steve Cooper to continue that that partnership at, at centre half. So yeah, this is this is my prediction of what I think um, Cooper will do, and I can see the logic in it if it brings the best out of John Joe Shelby. So I'll read the team out for those who who are listening and not watching. This is the predicted team, and like um, like we said earlier, uh, I'll reiterate the team news. Wood is out. Uh, Awanyi and Kuyate are back in training and there's doubts around um, Aurier, Ayu, Johnson and Scarpa. So uh, we've got Navas in goal, uh, Williams right back, Felipe Niakate, Lodi make up a back four, uh, Freuler, Yates, Shelby in midfield, Gibbs White as a false nine with Johnson and Dennis as wide forwards. So we'll go through a few names there uh, and of players that could come in, players under pressure um, and uh, the like, potential formation change, that's as well about as well. Um, Nico Williams, Greg, has sort of been in the spotlight around his defensive frailties. We know he's good going forward. He was signed as a wing-back, not a right-back, really. So if he does play 
right back, would you be worried about him, or does it does it even merit a formation change to have him as a right wing back? Do you think? Yeah, and I think at home especially because we are going to be slightly more attacking, so he'll be he will be better suited for the home games. Um, so yeah, I mean. G- Gibbs White is going to get beaten and bruised all over. They do not like him at all, do they? And there's so many, you know, bad blood from the last game that he that he is going to be the the focus for them. So getting Nico along the line and you know opening it up a bit, it really could be a good move. And again, it's the lack of options, isn't it? I mean, if Aurier's injured, the, I mean, I'm not sure where Toff is at the minute, but with with the lack of options, Nico's probably going to be in and he, he possibly could have a very good game it's just one of those things we know he's got it in him uh let's hope we're not defending too much and it is an attacking game for us and we'll be okay yeah, i think nico is a right back at leeds at villa who uh especially leeds they play with wide forwards like nonto and um mm. somerville and players like that that would worry me more i think you have to you're either back lad or temps do you go back to that back three and take a man out of midfield, which would, that would worry me personally against that Wolves midfield. What do you think? No, we won't go to a back three. I don't think we'll abandon our, our, our formation because of that slightly more attacking um, uh, mindset of, of Nico Williams. He has to play to that system. We're not going to accommodate Nico Williams in a, in a system. He has to be briefed. Defend first. You're not there to overlap Brennan Johnson. We need to, to earn a platform in the game, and that requires you to be a slightly more conservative right back. But the most important thing for me is that that platform in midfield. We were so frustrated in the first half against Newcastle with our lack of ability to retain possession, picking the wrong option in possession, and John Joe Shelby compromising that shape with, with how deep um, he found himself coming to collect the ball from the from the back four. So that's the that's the the key to me is that blend that understanding between Freuler Yates and, and Shelby. And look, I might be wrong there. I might be surprised. Mangala's been starting for uh, Belgium. Koyate could be a surprise selection and do a, a similar job to um, Yatesy, potentially at Freuler's ex, uh, expense. But um, that's, the, that's the optimum combination for me. And I hope it will give us the platform to retain the ball because that was our single biggest failing in the first half against Newcastle and allowed them to get that, that foothold um, in the in the game, I think that front three picks itself. There will be some concern about Nico. There will be a reinstatement of Aurier if he does prove his fitness um, before Saturday. And I'm backing Nico to take on that brief and play as a fullback in a four, rather than abandoning his post and causing us um, problems down that side. Yeah, he's got to do a defensive job, hasn't he? That's why he's fallen short uh, this season. It's not so much going the other way. Um, I should say congratulations to Renan Lodi, who became a dad this week, and Scarpa as well. Those Brazilian boys were busy nine months ago. Um, right, the other player I wanted to talk about. So uh, we mentioned Shelby, uh, and my big gripe has always been midfield. I'm just increasingly of the opinion that Shelby needs to come out of the side for this one. Not necessarily, I'll put the team up again. Not so. not saying John Joe Shelby's a bad player. Uh, I think he is a good player, but Forrest's best form and best results were when that midfield was a bit nastier, a bit more functional, a bit more workmanlike. Um, and Wolves are so good on the ball, I think you need to hassle and harry them. And Temps mentioned Mangala. He's coming off the back of a really good week with Belgium, uh, starting against Germany in a win. I think he came off the bench in another win, a comfort win against Turkey. So I would switch 
Shelby for Mangala personally and uh, have Froiler, Yates, Mangala. Um, Kuyate is another good option if he's deemed fit uh, as well. And Danilo as well has proved he's good on the ball. I mean, there are loads of options in midfield, but Cooper has really struggled uh, and the players as well. It's on them as well to find the balance since January and get back to that effective unit that was working so well either side of the World Cup. What do you think, Greg, about Shelby and that midfield? Have you got strong opinions on it? Um, yeah, we're certainly going to need some strength in there, aren't we, just to protect what's around it. But, um, you know, if Kayat if has been in full training for two weeks, then he's going to be in the thought process, surely, because they're, they're not going to be able to get many minutes, are they, without, without playing? So, um, I mean, reading off all those names, it makes you realise that as much as I like the look of that team, it's certainly not set in stone, is it? You know, you say your Mangala's check maybe, and he can cover in central defence as well if needed. Um, so there is going to be the options there. Danilo, uh, I don't know, it's a tough one, isn't it? I mean, I wish I wish he had more time to show what he could do, but this is just too big, too an important game to to risk someone like him for me. So a Mangala starting would be fine. A check if he's fit, if he's as if he is 100% fit and match fit, I'd probably put him in as my first choice because he was playing very well. Uh, but it's, we just don't know, do we? We haven't got a clue, just like I'd have Taiwo starting if he was fully fit, but we just don't know how, how match fit they are. So, yeah, it's a tough one, but it's great to have the options. We've started the podcast saying about how many injuries we've got, and now we're talking about a list of four players that can play in one position. So, we're good. We've got plenty of backup. We're just Thankfully, it's down to Coops to decide, really. It's mm. fair debate around Shelby. I just think we, we need what he offers. If we're going to win three games, this is definitely one of the three that we're earmarking. But it needs to be Shelby plus two minders rather than Shelby being one of the minders because, yeah, he just, just doesn't have that defensive intensity for me. But I'll be fascinated to see which three Cooper does pick on Saturday. You've got to get him further up the pitch, haven't you, mm. I think? He can't yeah. play as a holding midfielder. He's got to say... You've got to change Ryan Yates and say you can't be his box-to-box. You've got to sit. And uh, Freud, uh, Shelby's got to dictate a game and he hasn't done that yet. So we'll see. I mean, like I say, he could play and he could have a blinding match. We've seen he's got it mm. got in him. But one stat I did see was that in the last six games, I know Mikey in particular hates XG, but Forrest have got the worst XG against in the last six games, which coincides with the six games since Shelby came into the midfield. So maybe... I'm being unfair in pinning oh, you all on him. You're, you're a hater, aren't you? A hater on him. But... I'm a Shelby. <laughs> yeah. There's one person who listens to this that says I'm a Freuler hater and too, too kind to Shelby. But, um... Do you know what um, what Temps just said about minders? That makes a, it, it reminds me of um, Yates against Newcastle. My sister messaged me during the game. She was watching it on TV saying Carragher's literally laughing about how much Yates is just constantly at the opposition players. And he can be doing that. He can be keeping them away from Gibbs White and really getting under their skin because there's going to be some high tensions, isn't there? There's a booking in there. There's probably even a red card for for one player. So get Yates winding them up constantly from minute one. Last get in the back in the comments. I think the comment is a, a, a pro, far more pro Mangala than, <laughs> than, than I am. Perhaps it is a, it's a it's a close call. But yeah, your your team's probably getting a bit more love than mine, Matt. Um, Wolves do have, you know, oh, I'm tempting fate here saying Wolves have got the disciplinary problems, but um, we saw obviously after that Forest game and the reporting to it gave 
uh, Wolves the blame for that melee afterwards, and they had two cents off last week as well. So, yeah, Ryan Yates getting under the skin of uh, Cunha and Nunes and players like that could be interesting. He is absolutely essential, I think, to, to Forrest having any chance of staying up. Um, one other thing, just a, a couple of names to go on quickly. Uh, I mean, Taiwo off the bench temps, even if he doesn't start, 20 minutes of Taiwo, 30 minutes at Leeds, a start against Aston Villa. Uh, that could be big, couldn't it? Yeah, so Tyro, Tyro for me is that combination of physical presence, can compete for goal kicks, can compete for uh, lofted balls, but also offers that little bit more on the deck and can get himself into a game more than more than perhaps um, Chris Wood can. I question whether we'd have pursued Chris Wood and dropped as much dollar as we have um, if if he hadn't have uh, had that that injury. So. Taiwo probably remains plan A when he's fully fit. I'd, I'd love to get him in and around the side as soon as possible. And I really hope he gets some minutes at the weekend because um, he scores goals, right? He's been he's had a couple of fox-in-the-box goals um, himself. We've seen some uh, good finishes from him too. We've, we've missed him while he's been out of the side. And because of that point of difference, because he is a different profile of player to Gibbs-White, Johnson, Dennis, I think a fit Taiwo puts Dennis's place at immediate risk. Yeah, you're right about that fox in the box. There's only him and Woods that have scored strikers' goals this season, aren't there? I mean, Gibbs White v Brentford, but he's not a, not a striker. Well, that six-yard box goal is something that's sorely been lacking. Um, two players we haven't mentioned who have got, you know, Forrest have got issues up front, especially if Brennan plays. We haven't mentioned Sam Surridge and we haven't mentioned Jesse Lingard. Is, is Lingard, uh, I'll ask you about Lingard, Greg, is, is his stock fallen so far now that he's just a, a bench option at best for the rest of the season? Yeah, as sad as it is, there's probably a reason we haven't even mentioned him so far, isn't he? However, you know, he's showing signs that he wants to be playing. He's he's busy on the on the Instagram showing him in training. That's always a good sign, isn't it? And he's obviously fit and raring to go. Um, but again, he's just not had the minutes. And when he has had the minutes after his injury, he's not really shown anything. So it it is. It's a shame. It's a real shame. And Surridge just fell down the pecking order, didn't he? He's it's, he's not done much wrong. He comes on and he does a job and he creates chances. But for whatever reason, he's just a little bit too far down that pecking order. If Taiwo's not fit as we hope he is, uh, Dennis, you know, if he's struggling after 60, 70 minutes, then it might be Surridge is the, the next man up for that job. And, you know, I do want to see him feature again. I'd love to see him score. Mm-hmm. Um, just put a good comment up from Rob here. This is quite interesting. I think he's right about this about Tyro's work rate as he did free up space mm-hmm. for Gibbs White, and maybe that is a factor in Morgan's fall from form. But he's coming off a good week as well with the uh, under 21s captain inside, scoring a goal even in defeat. A lot of the players who had international games are actually bringing some decent momentum back with them. The players who forgotten what it's like to win in club shirts. So hopefully they can turn that round this weekend. Um, any words on Lingard or Surridge temps? I agree with Pat in the comments. I think Lingard's days as a regular Premier League starter are behind him now. Um, I think we made the signing with um, the best best of intentions. We thought we could get the best out of him and that his experience and form and, and now would be an asset. He's shown in flashes that he still has that ability. I'm thinking specifically of um, the game in which we eased past Spurs in the Cup with a relatively uh, untested 11 that... Um, uh, many of which proved themselves in that match. However, he's been too inconsistent. He hasn't had a period of, of fitness or form. I think this this season will be the end of 
um, his Premier League career, and I, I envisage him finding a lucrative offer somewhere in the in the East, or potentially having a, a lifestyle role in a in an American in an American side. I, I don't think that he's going to be the answer to any of the questions we're going to be posed for the rest of the season. I like the guy. I think he's probably a really positive presence around the the training ground and around the group. Um, but that's that's the role he has to play for me. It's more of a uh, off pitch uh, motivator, advisor, friend to the eleven that are going to start because Jesse Lingard doesn't get into my team anytime soon. One thing you would say about him, and I agree, if he doesn't show any kind of form, I think he's probably done as a Premier League player and he's Cristiano Ronaldo's teammate next season or something like that. But because Forrest don't have, apart from Brennan, a nail goal scorer, if he comes off the bench, Jesse, this is, if he comes off the bench against Wolves and scores the winner, then suddenly he is back in the picture and he is making a case. But the sad fact is he just hasn't done enough when he has played and he was really poor against Spurs. So it's great that he's motivated and it's great that he's a team player. But next time he gets an opportunity, he's going to have to show something because the clock, I mean, if he's a cat, he used up eight and a half, his nine lives, probably, unfortunately. Uh, right, I think we've covered all the ground there. Any other business, Greg? Any plugs you want to do? Any, any bands you want to solicit to play in your house? Your oh, God, here you? we go. We're becoming the music <laughs> and film review podcast now. Come on, lads. Yeah, how long we got? We've got half an hour. No, the Chase are playing still in May. Their favourite Nottingham band at Metronome. There's still a few tickets left for that. Uh, what else? Oh, my friend Sam, Stand Against MND. Go and follow him on Twitter. He's about to do the London Marathon. First ever assisted breathing person to do the whole thing. If you can sponsor him, it's going to get really busy with stuff for that charity soon. They're getting quite quite popular for the right reasons and you'll see him everywhere. So go and support him now. He goes forest home and away and it's incredible what he's doing. So, yeah, that's my big one for today. Yeah, good on Sam. Certainly echo that. Um, I'll drop a link in the comments for this actually afterwards for uh, his website. Temps, anything you want to add? Yeah, I'll double down on Sam actually. Brilliant fella. I've got to know him a bit through the the cricket. We've got quite a few mutual friends. I've seen him at Forest a few times. But that guy's an inspiration. I just think his his mindset in difficult circumstances to want to raise the profile of a you know a, a horrific disease and um, make money to 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 fund research into it is incredible his, his outlook's incredible he gets a few phone calls from people inside forest as well which I, I won't mention who but it's um it's really heartwarming that people within the club um do things like that without any desire to have it you know profiled or or, or spoken about i just think it's um yeah he's just a brilliant fellow brilliant cause and i know greg dedicates a lot of time to it so yeah just just echo what greg said there uh, so if you do want to learn more about Sam uh, and donate, if you go to justgiving.com forward slash stand against MND, it's got more of uh, Sam's story there and the work he does. And I say, I'll uh, drop a comment, drop the link in the comments, hopefully, after this, but it's justgiving.com forward slash stand against MND. Right. Uh, I think that covers everything. We'll be back on Monday to hopefully uh, review the game. Do catch up with our Asha Ali interview, and there should be one other thing coming out today. It's just a mini video um, plugging a charity. So, uh, yeah, um, Asha Ali loves your pronunciation of Koyate, Greg, by the way. I struggle every time. I have like this hot panic every time I have to say it. Go on, Jay. Thanks for that. I always uh, pick up Asha. <laughs> 
He's a lovely guy. I really enjoy him. He is. He's one of the good ones. Yeah. He definitely loves Forest. How he did he get addicted to Forest watching us lose 8 1 to, uh, to Man United? That you would have started yeah. for life. I've never been back. Do you know one one thing as well? He's helped Forza a lot in the past, Arsher has. He like he really gets behind us and whether it's speaking or he's even like put his hand in his pocket, which I'm sure he won't thank me for saying, but he's a really good guy and a massive Forest fan. So if you haven't watched it, go and watch it. Yeah, check it out, check it out. Uh, Emma in the comments is asking, is your on-air sign broke, Greg? I just forgot to turn it on, didn't I? My sister's going to moan at me for that now. He can only power his light or his broadband router, <laughs> not both at the same time. <laughs> right, we should go. I've got proper works to do. Uh, well, day job works is proper work. Day job works to do. So, uh, yeah, if you like this, do uh, give us a good review, subscribe, etc., etc. Spread the word. Temps, thank you very much. Cheers, boys. See you soon. See you Saturday. Uh, yeah, see you Saturday, hopefully. Yeah, we're all there. Uh, Greg, thank you very much. Yeah, see you Saturday. The uh, yeah. rare occasion. Try to enjoy the weekend, everyone. Uh, and we'll catch you Monday, hopefully, talking about a win. <laughs>